Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This morning, we're going to be looking at Acts chapter number 20. Acts chapter number 20. And uh, looking really with the thought of, are you ready to go to Jerusalem? Are you ready to go to Jerusalem? Some folks may think that we're planning a trip. Uh, but really, as we look at this, as we see and look at this thought, are you ready to go to Jerusalem? I hope that we will all see that just as Paul, God was calling him to go to Jerusalem, God is calling us, each one of us, to do something. You know, if we look over the past few weeks, uh, in chapter 19, we see that Paul was at Ephesus uh, in chapter 19. And uh, really, last Sunday, last Sunday morning, as we were looking at Paul being in Ephesus, we looked at uh, Acts 19 and uh, verse 17 through 19. If you wasn't here, uh, I encourage you to go look at that. Uh, go watch that message out on the internet. I just tell you what, I, I think it was something that God wanted each of us to hear. You know, at that point, it was the Christians, Paul, the book of Acts said, it was those who were Christians. They came and began to confess the sin in their life. You know, so many times we think that people that are away from God and they're lost, they're the ones that need to confess their sin. And you know what? Who really God is calling to confess their sin and get right with Him? It's us. Right? And let's just go one step further. Just like we looked at this last week, there's none of us that are blameless. Right? Right? We've all got problems. Right? We all have family that have problems. Amen. You know what? We all need to be seeking God's face. And right after we see this, I mean, and they went so far, they wanted to make sure that they put up some walls so they would not fall back into that sin. You know what they ended up doing? The thing that was bringing them and drawing them into that sin was these books, these books of sorcery. What they did? They just burned Got rid of them. If we look, as we looked last week, the cost of all they destroyed was about 200 years wages for those folks. It was worth giving up everything they could have earned in their lifetime to make sure they did not fall back into sin. You know, that's what it should be for us. We should be willing to, to put up walls and do whatever it takes that we wouldn't fall back into sin. Last Sunday evening, we went on as we see in verse uh, chapter 19, verse 21. The Bible says, when these things were accomplished, Paul purposed in the spirit when he had passed through Macedonia and Achaia to, to go to Jerusalem, saying, 
after I've been there, I must also see Rome. And so as we look at last Sunday evening, at the end of chapter 19 and the beginning of chapter 20, we see Paul is going on his journey to make it to Rome. Eventually, he's going first to Jerusalem. And really, we see that as, he, as he's traveling through and uh, his ultimate goal is to make it to Rome, but he's on his way to Jerusalem first. And we saw in uh, verse, uh, at the beginning of 20, all the different places he was going. And this is one thing we need to understand, that a lot of times there may just be a few verses that covers a large portion of time or a large portion of distance. We saw that this past Sunday evening. And then he gets to Troas. And in Troas, he's preaching in chapter 20, verses 15 through 17. And Paul is wound up and he's really preaching hard. And there's a young man that's listening to him. And I figure he was a member of Hiptown Baptist. Because just like so many, as Paul was preaching, this fellow fell asleep. You know? Right? But with him, he was sitting on the window. They didn't have air conditioning back in that day, right? It was probably so crowded that this folks sitting on the window. And what happened? Paul preached till midnight, not till noon, but till midnight. And what did he end up doing? He fell out, fell down three stories, killed himself. Preached, you know. Paul preaching killed him. No, I mean, he, he fell asleep and he killed him. But Paul went down, prayed for the fellow, brought him back to life. And then he continued on to travel. And we're going to look, really kind of uh, start at the very end of chapter 15, uh, chapter 20, of in verse 15 in chapter 20. And from there is where we will, we will pick up and as uh, we'll read 15 through 17, and then really begin preaching the message after that, we really want to kind of read this introduction and see where we're at. And today we'll look, <coughs> are you ready to go to Jerusalem? But let's everyone that will, let's stand in Acts chapter 20, stand in reverence to God's word as we read, beginning at the end of verse 15. The Bible says there at the end of verse 15, the next day we came to Miletus, for Paul had decided to sail past Ephesus so that he would not have to spend time in Asia, for he was hurrying to be at Jerusalem, if possible, on the day of Pentecost. From Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. Let's all bow our heads and let's pray. Lord, I just pray today, God, as we look in your word, God, Lord, that we'd see you. Lord, I pray that we'd be convicted. God, I pray that we'd see, Lord, we need to make a commitment, God, to carry out what you've called us to do. Lord, I pray for your unction to preach your word. God, give me your strength. Give me clearness of thinking. Give me your wisdom. Lord, I pray that each of us 
would be willing to make the sacrifices that you require. Lord, we carry out our call. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all can be seated. You know, as we look in this, uh, look here, Paul had just spent over three years or about three years there in Ephesus. And we see here when he comes back in verse 17, the Bible said he wanted to sail past Ephesus. It had been several months since he had been to Ephesus. But it was one of these things Paul knew if I stopped in Ephesus, I'm going to have to go see everybody. And I'm not going to make it to Jerusalem by Pentecost like I need to do. I'm not going to be able to make it there. So as he went on by, but when the ship docked, and obviously it was going to be docked there for several days, and it must have been offloading cargo and taking on cargo as ships would be, Paul sent a messenger to Ephesus about 30 miles away. I mean, he couldn't make a phone call or send a Facebook. He had to send somebody and said, send the elders of the church. There's some things I want to share with them because I, I'm never going to see them again. And when the elders, uh, the church leaders, they came down, we can see Paul, he started speaking to the elders there. He started speaking to the church leaders from Ephesus. There in verse number 18, I think Paul, he began first, he was reminding them of his ministry there at Ephesus. You know, in verse 18, we see uh, he reminded them of, his, of Paul's personal ministry there at Ephesus. Verse uh, 18 says, And when they had come to him, he said to them, You know, from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you, serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. You know what Paul did first? He said, I lived among you. You know my personal life. You know how holy I live. You know how I lived in humility. It was not just about me. I was with tears, weeping for you. I was serving you. Paul uh, reminded them of his ministry personally, but then also he reminded them of his uh, ministry in proclamation. He goes on, verse 20, how I kept back, back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house. You know what Paul told them? He said, I didn't hold anything back. I tell you what, that's a great, I mean, that's a big thing to say, isn't it? Can you say honestly that when you spoke to someone that you consider a friend, and I told you I didn't hold anything back. You know what most of us do? We all hold things back, don't we? Huh? Right? And so many times we do. Paul didn't. Paul was one. He said, I didn't hold anything, anything that could be helpful to you. I tried to share with you. I tried to make sure you knew. You know, if we look even at Paul, he went, they most think that while Paul was at Ephesus, is when he wrote the book of 1 Corinthians, dealing with problems at Corinthians, uh, at Corinth. We can kind of get an idea as far as when we look at what all Paul had to deal with at Corinth, how straightforward he dealt with problems. You know, if we look at what Paul dealt with at, at Corinth, you know, first he said, there's divisions among you. You know, there at Ephesus, he wanted to make sure that they, there wasn't divisions among you. He would deal with problems. 
You know, there at Corinth, some was saying, oh, I'm of Paul, others, I'm of Apollos. Well, oh, I'm holy, I'm of Jesus, right? He said, no, you're all born in one flesh. He goes on, another thing that Paul dealt with, dealt with, he dealt with problems of uh, religious beliefs that were incorrect, heresy, you know, uh, in First Corinthians. In First Corinthians, he went and he said, you are even taking each other to court. You know what? I heard back a number, uh, I heard, well, not a number of years ago, I heard a few weeks back. Someone made a statement to me and he said, you know, it's only about 95% of the lawyers that give all the rest of them a bad name. <laughs> <laughs> Only about 95% of them. They give the rest of them a You know what? I believe that. The statistic might be a little low, but anyway, I believe that. Right? You say, why'd you bring that? You know what, though? If people that call themselves Christians did what the Bible said, there wouldn't be so many crooked lawyers in the world today. Because you know what Paul said to the first Corinthians? It's a crying shame that you're going to court against somebody else that calls herself a Christian. You know what he said? You'd be better off to lose the money and be taken advantage of than to put yourself to that foolishness, is what he said. Right? It's a shame. He said, bring it before the church. If the church can't work it out, lose the money and get over it. Right? But you know what we do? We're in a society in America. Our first reaction, let's sue somebody. Commercials all over television. You know, and have you been injured? Sue somebody. It's somebody else's fault. Have you been robbed? You know it has to be the store owner's fault. You know it has to be somebody else's fault. To, you know what? Uh, Paul dealt with things like that. You know what? I'm sure when Paul dealt with that in Corinth, he probably was looked at about like most of y'all are looking at me right now. Right? Huh? Go ahead and say amen or old me. Right? Let's go a little further. You know, he dealt with sexual problems at Corinth. At Corinth, there was a man that had married his stepmother. And you say, that's messed up. <laughs> Not any more messed up than we are in Fannin County. Right? Yeah. Some of the stuff that's going on. Right? You get that right? Paul said, there is, I didn't hold anything back. But he goes on in verse number 21. He says, testifying to Jews and also to greet repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul talked about his ministry of preaching. He said, I preach the gospel to everyone. And so as he begins telling these leaders, he said, you need to remember what my ministry was about. You need to look at how I lived personally in front of you. Look at how I proclaimed the truth. Look at how I was preaching the gospel to everyone. And then in verse number... <laughs> Verse number 22 is where really we begin the message today. The Bible goes on 
in verse 22 of chapter 20 and says, And see now, I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. You know, Paul, he was willing to go to Jerusalem no matter the circumstances. He was ready to go to Jerusalem. We saw in verse 19, or chapter 19, verse 20, that he was called. He said, I know I need to go to Jerusalem. That's what the Spirit's calling me to do, and then I'm going to go on to Rome. And here he tells believers, he said, I'm going, I'm bound in the Spirit. I go bound in the Spirit to Jerusalem. You know what Paul was saying? The Spirit of God has got such a hold on me that I don't have any other choice but I need to go to Jerusalem. Let me ask this question. What's God calling you to do? Has God called you that you know so much in your heart that there's something you need to do that you say, I don't have a choice but to do this for God? And I'm convinced that God has a call in every one of our lives. There's no reason. I mean, God didn't call someone to come and come to repentance and call someone to become a Christian just to sit on the bench and not do anything. He's called us all. And here, Paul said, I'm, I'm bound by the Spirit. I'm going to do what God's called me to do. And I wonder in your life, would you say, I'm ready to go to Jerusalem. God, I'm ready to do whatever you call me. I don't have any other choice but to do what you call me to do. You know, if we look here in this passage, he said, not knowing the things that will happen to me there. No matter the circumstances. I'm going to Jerusalem. You know, for us, so many times, we want to know what the outcome's going to be before we ever take this first step to follow God, don't we? Well, God, I know if you'll give me success, I'll do this. I heard someone ask once, They said, what would you do for God if money was not an object, if money was no factor? What would you do for God? You know, as we think back, why are we letting it be a factor? Why are we letting it be a circumstance that holds us from doing what we should be doing for God? You know what reminds me of Abraham in Genesis chapter 12? God told him, he said, leave your family. Leave the place you're living. And go where I'm going to show you. He didn't tell him where he was going. And too many times we want to know what the outcome is before we ever take the first step at following God. Where Paul said, I don't know what's going to happen. 
I'm just going to follow God. I'm going to Jerusalem. Let's go a little further. Not only was Paul going to Jerusalem, no matter the circumstance, I think we see Paul is, was going to Jerusalem in spite of the consequences. Verse number 23, the Bible says, Except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, say that chains and tribulations await me. What did Paul say? I don't know what's going to happen. But he said, everywhere I go, the Holy Spirit's testifying, saying, chains and tribulations are awaiting me. You know, for Paul, he was willing to go, even though he knew that he was going to have problems. For him, it wasn't, God, I'm going to follow you if everything's going to be rosy. He said, God, I'm calling, I'm going where you're calling me to go, even though all signs point to when I get there, I'm going to have trials and tribulations. You know, part of the part of him, him his thinking that, I imagine, is that everywhere he went, who was it that always caused him problems? <coughs> right? What was there in Jerusalem? A bunch of them. Right? Right? I'm sure just from a logical standpoint, Paul probably thought, I'm going to the worst place I can go. But God, that's what you're calling me. You know what? I wonder, are we ready to go where God's calling us to go? Even when we think it's the worst place we can go. From a human standpoint. From a logical standpoint. It's the worst thing I can do. From a logical standpoint, you know, if we look back, it kind of reminds me of Jesus in the garden. Three times he went to pray. And what was he saying? As in like Luke chapter 22, he prayed, Father, if it's your will, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be. You know, going this further, here regardless of the circumstances, you know, part of another thing, if we look, it says, except the Holy Spirit testifies that he was going to have trouble and tribulation. If we jump on over to the next chapter, in Acts chapter 21, we see that a fellow, in verse number 10, Agabus from Judea was a prophet. And he comes up to Paul and he says, Paul, let me have your belt. And he took Paul's belt. I can't do that because I got my thumb right here. He took his belt and it said he bound his own hands. And he said, the fellow that owns this belt, this is how he's going to end up when he goes to Jerusalem. And all Paul's friends said, Paul, don't do it. Paul, you know there's going to be trouble if you go to Jerusalem. Don't do it. You know what Paul said? In verse number 
13. He says, What do you mean by weeping and breaking my heart? For I'm ready not only to be happy, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord Jesus. Paul said, they're saying, don't do it. You'll be, you'll go to jail, you'll be bound, you'll have trouble. Paul said, you don't understand. I'm willing to be bound. I'm willing to die for what God's called me to do. And I wonder how many of us today have that same burning desire that we know what God's called us to do and we come to the point in our life that says, God, I'm going to follow you not just if it causes me trouble, I'm going to follow you if it costs me my life. And we may think in our country today It'll never come to that. But it may. Sooner than you can imagine. You know, for all it in spite of the consequences he knew he was going to face, he still wanted to Are you willing? go on in spite of the consequences. When all his friends were saying, don't do it, Paul. You know what it reminds me? In the, uh, of the story in 1 Kings, chapter number 13. There was a fellow he's never even named. He just says, the man of God. He said there was a man of God in Judah. And he goes down to Bethlehem to proclaim against the sacrifices they were making there in Bethlehem, the idol sacrifices, the sacrifices of idols they were making in Bethlehem. And he even goes down and preaches against Jeroboam the king. And the king tried to entice him to stay there in that country. <clears throat> and he said, let me tell you this. God's told me when I go down to Bethel, don't return the same way I went down. He told me don't stop, don't eat, don't do anything, but go down and proclaim like I said and return. And he said, king, it don't matter if you give me half your kingdom. I'm following God. You know what? That's the kind of enthusiastic we need, right? But then this man of God ran into a problem. There was an old prophet that came up to him and said, God's told me 
that you ought to come down to my house and eat. You know what? If somebody ever tells you God wants you to do something, you know God has told you to do, you know what you ought to do? Just run. You know what that man of God did? He followed what the prophet had said instead of what God said. And he went down and ate with that prophet. And even as they were eating the meal, the prophet said, God just spoke to me and said, you, you not did what he said. You'll never make it home alive. And that kind of is telling the truth. And as that man of God began to leave and go back to Judah, he was attacked by a lion and killed. The old prophet went and buried him and said, when I get buried, bury me beside him. You know, if we look, we never know that fellow's name, the man of God. I wonder if Paul would listen to his friends if we'd have never known his name. You know, in our life, we need to get to the point where we don't care what our friends say. We need to be obedient to God. God will never tell you to do something that's against His Word. God will never tell you to do something contrary to what He's already called you to do. And here, we see Paul. He said, I'm going to Jerusalem. I know I might be bound. I know I might die, but I'm going to do what God called me to do. You know, in my life, I have in times past knew that God called me to do something. And shared with some folks, and actually, someone I really had great respect for, and they said, God, what do do that exactly? You know what I did? I just went ahead and did what God, I thought God was talking about. You know what we need to do? We need to be committed to what God's calling us to do. No matter the consequences, no matter what it is, we need to follow Him instead of our friends. We need to follow Him instead of other influences around in our life. Here this fellow. We've just known as the man of God. That's all we ever know him by. Because he followed what his prophet said instead of what God had told him to do. Let's go one step deeper. And if I want to pull a little closer in the corner. <coughs> you know, so many times, if you look back at what this, this fellow was called the man of God did, what sin did he actually commit? All he did was went down eight with the prophet. That isn't anything bad. He didn't say anything. He didn't kill anybody. He didn't. You know what his sin was? Disobedience. Right? And through my life, so many times, you hear people talk about, well, there's the sin of commission, when you commit a sin. And then there's the sin of omission, when you omit doing something that you know you ought to do. And as I was reading this and studying this, I thought, no, there's the sin of 
commission you commit sin, then there's another sin of commission you commit disobedience. When we don't do what God's called us to do. And let's go one step further. You know, there's some things God's called all of us to do. And maybe our sin this morning is disobedience. We're not assembling together and worshiping Him. We're not spending time praying. We're not spending time reading our Bible. We're not spending time sharing the gospel. Here, Paul, he said, it doesn't matter what my friends say. It doesn't matter what the consequences of what happens to me. God, I'm going to follow you. <coughs> I think the third thing we can see in this passage as we continue on down the passage. Paul is going to Jerusalem. No matter the consequences. Paul is going to Jerusalem. Because of the cost. Look on verse number 24. He says, but none of these things move me. Tommy said, no matter what else you told me, I've to changed my mind. You told me I was going to suffer tribulations. That's all right. You told me I was going to have trials. That's okay. You told me I was going to be thrown in prison. I was going to be bound. None of these things move me. Why? He said, I'm going to Jerusalem because of the cost. Look a little further what he said. I think the first was because of the cost of his life. Nor do I count my life dear to myself. You know, for Paul, the cost of his life was not his own. The cost of his life was for Jesus. You know, for each one of us, what we need to realize if we trust in Christ as our Savior, we've been purchased by Him. He paid for our sin. He paid for our salvation. He paid for our life on the cross. Because of us, he died. How long would it cost of his life? I think it's the cost of his reward. He goes on, so that I may finish my race with joy. You know, for Paul, he said, I've been in this thing too long to quit now. If you've ever been running a race and you're near the end, are you going to lay down and quit before you get to church? <laughs> Paul said, I'm going. I'm going to obey God. I ain't went through all these other beatings that give up now and end the race early. I ain't going to go through all this other that I give up to not obtain the prize. You know, it reminds me 
of an old song that you used to hear sung.
house and I'm not going to give up all my testimony. But what God's done for me, I'm going to Jerusalem. This morning, the first question that I think we need to all answer is what's God calling me to do? Because I think God has a calling each one of our lives. He has a ministry in each of us to be pursued. And then the second question is, are you ready to go to Jerusalem? Are you ready to carry out that ministry? Are you ready to follow God? No matter the circumstances in your life. God, I'm going to follow you in the good times and the bad. God, I'm going to follow you no matter what happens. Are you ready to follow him? No matter the consequences. Are you ready to follow him because you realize what it costs, what your salvation costs, what the worth of what God has done? We're going to have a time of prayer. Again, if no more visitation, God's spoken to you. I'd ask that you come. Maybe this morning you just need to come and recommit your life Christ. Maybe you just need to come and pray and say, God, I'm ready to make the cost. Maybe you need to come and just say, God, give me the point in my life where I'm ready to give up everything. Lord, I just pray. God, that you would work in this place this morning. Lord, I'm convinced this is the message you have us here this morning. I'm convinced that there are people in this place that need to come to their life that they're ready to give up everything. That may look different for each person. But God, I pray that you would speak to each person individually right now. God, give us courage to follow you. In Jesus' name. When we walk with the Lord in the light of His word, Trust and obey. Trust and obey. Trust and obey. 
Sometimes I wonder as far as sharing, but I don't want to share. Friends, where y'all are going, this time you got it all. Sometimes I try to share friends where y'all when I mess up, right? Just let you know that I don't have y'all together. Every one of you are making that decision every day, doctor. Are you going to follow God? 
Are you going to do something with this? You know what I do, Charles? I have no idea. You know what I was going to do for a job skill? I have no idea. In the back of my mind, I thought I could do just about anything to make as much as I was doing. I was just kind of convinced. I need to follow it. Fatter now than my left shot. And more dead, but fatter now still. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.